We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. If you are caring for a person with autism... Great information from a trusted source can be a lifeline. Welcome to Autism Spectrum Radio. We are here to have the conversations that will help you create success for the extraordinary individual with autism in your life. Now, here is your host, Rob Haupt. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Autism Spectrum Radio. I'm your host, Rob Haupt. I'm uh, the Vice President of Business Development at Autism Spectrum Therapies, an agency providing services to individuals with autism and other developmental disabilities uh, across the country, providing ABA, speech, OT, insurance support, you name it. I think we're, we're doing it right now. Um, you know, normally I start off the show telling, telling you some stories about what I've experienced lately, but today I'm really excited. Um, I'm actually bringing on a friend of mine, and, and he's going to be the one to, to tell some stories and, and really get that, that point of view across for me today. Uh, today I'm joined by uh, an old friend of mine, someone I've known for getting close to eight years now. Um, his name is Nick, and Nick is uh, a 19-year-old um, on the spectrum who has just a, a great energy and a great perspective as well as some incredible hobbies that he's actually turned me on to, such as magic and unicycles and juggling and uh, one of the better rock climbers that I know. Um, and I'm really excited to have him on to, uh, to talk to us for a little while to uh, share with us his amazing perspective on life and on uh, his hopes and, and some of his dreams. Uh, Nick, thanks for being on the show. Thank you. So I am really excited to have you on the show because you've been excited to be on the show. I know you've, the moment you found out about this, you emailed me right away. And I, I, was, I wanted to know, and I wanted you to share with everyone, why did you want to be on the show so bad? Because I want to talk to everybody in the United States about um about my life and about and all about and all about me awesome i mean you I, I know you're a brave guy the way you get up on stage and do things that doesn't surprise me that you've got the courage to talk to america about about your point of view that's awesome um well i know i've talked to you so many times and the thing you always talk to me about that i love is independence you always talk to me about you wanting to be independent. And I guess I wanted you to share with everyone what does independence mean to you and why is it so important? Independence means be being by myself in the world without a caregiver for the rest of my life. And the reason why it's so important to me because I know I'm – I can – do it. I know I can be independent of myself like all the other people without autism, and I know I can 
result. I, I, I know I can reach it. I um, I have the courage of doing it. I just know I can do it. Dude, I, I you know I agree with you. I, you said it. You got the courage, and I know you can do it. Um, I know you've had a lot of different goals, and they, and just like everyone else, your goals have changed as you've gotten older and and as you've experienced new things. But do you have any specific goals right now for your future? What you yeah. like your life to be like? Yeah, I want to live. I want to um live in my own house somewhere in San Monica, and I want to fall in love and have a nice. girlfriend and be with a girl forever in my life. Nice. Any thoughts about jobs yet or still a little too yeah, soon? Yeah, I want to be either a stock boy or a bagger at a grocery store. And I have a friend named Kevin that's a bagger at a grocery store. And mm-hmm. I either want to be a bagger like him or be a stock boy. Nice. Nice. I mean, there's, I'm sure there's a lot of good opportunities. Have you started looking into that stuff? Yeah, I w- yeah, um, I also want to be an actor in movies and television and commercials, and I'm at a special. I'm at I'm at a place for p- people with development disabilities called Performing Arts Studio West, and there they have nice. acting class, dance class, and singing class. Awesome! That, oh, I'm so glad you're doing that. I didn't know you were doing those classes. That's so cool. I go there five days a week. Nice. That's great. For everyone out there in America, Nick is an incredible actor. Actually, it's one of the things that I first learned about him when we first met is his interest in acting. And I remember you would even have scripts where you used to read the scripts for fun of different plays that that really interested you. So I'm so glad you're doing the acting classes. Thank you. Um, for you, You've got these awesome goals. Are there... Are there things you feel like you really need to help you achieve those goals? Yeah. Dating workshop and also going to performing arts to us to develop my acting skills. Yeah. Cool. I, but, I think those are – oh, do you have more? Oh, go ahead. Go, go ahead. Okay. Thanks. Um. You know, I was curious. Um, I've known you for a while, and you know, you're 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 a man now. You're all you're grown up. You're doing all these adult things, which which is kind of cool for me to see. But I was wondering, as you look back, as you think back to when you were younger, a little kid, are there things that you didn't get either help or supports or services that you didn't get that you wish you had when you were younger? Yeah. I wish I were getting to know girls when I was younger. <laughs> I think all of us wish we were better at getting to know girls when we were younger. Is there is there anything else, or is that the number one thing? Yeah. I wish I were getting more help at making conversations with people and finding a job. Yeah, I think those are good things. Um. You know, the last thing I wanted to ask you is, you know, we have a lot of parents listening to the show. We have a lot of actually people like yourself, people who have developmental disabilities on the show, who are 
listening and learning and thinking about all these great conversations. Um, is there any special message that you have for them that you want them to take away from, from hearing you today? Don't give up. Be strong. Dude, that's awesome. Well, I just want to, I want to thank you. I am, I am really proud of you. I think you know that. Um, I've seen you just go from the, uh, I guess the late adolescent, early teenager into this, this mature, you know, young man who I see responsibility growing and I'm impressed by your courage just to do this radio show with me today. And, uh, I just really thank you for, for talking to us today. Thank you, Rob. And then maybe we'll have you come back another time and, and give us an update and share your perspective again. Cause, cause I always love talking to you. I, I would love to. Great. Well, I want to go to a commercial break now. I feel like after talking to Nick, I need a second to, to just appreciate everything that he had to say. Um, but when we come back from the break, we're actually going to be joined by another great guest with another amazing perspective. So we'll be right back. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Autism Spectrum Therapies is proud to present Autism Spectrum Radio. At AST, we see a world where people with autism dream and achieve their full potential. Our promise is to support families through our extensive resources, highly trained staff, and outstanding programs. Call us today and let us know how we can best support your family at 866-278-1520. To find out more about AST, visit our website at www.autismtherapies.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Autism Spectrum Therapies, supporting extraordinary individuals and their families. Visit autismtherapies.com or call 866-278-1520. If you're looking for answers and solutions, you don't have to look to expensive treatments, consultations, and methods. All you have to do is listen to your connections. Every week, the Dr. Melanie Show will teach you how to do just that. Dr. Melanie Barton will share her gifts and talents and teach you to do the same. And in doing so, find the solutions to the issues in your life that you truly need. You'll learn about holistic and practical health in six key areas. Discover the Dr. Melanie Show, Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Helping you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. This is Autism Spectrum Radio. If you have a question or comment for our host, Rob, or the guest, please send an email to moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. That's moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. Now, back to the program. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Autism Spectrum Radio. I'm your host, Rob Haupt. Um, I still have a huge smile on my face from, from Nick. Um, I was During the break, I was even saying that I'm just 
I, I'm doubly proud of him because I also know exactly where he was at 12 years old. Um, his parents and I have talked a lot about it, and he just um, he he's just he's come so far in his life, and and to hear those hopes and dreams, um, it, it just it it really hits me in a, in a in a special place. Just I'm just I'm just really proud of him. Um, so let's get to my next guest. Um, we're we're going a, a little bit different direction for the rest of the show, but uh, equally important one. Um, Today I'm actually joined by uh, Kim McLean, and Kim found herself on the front lines of the battle against autism spectrum disorders. When her daughter was diagnosed with autism before the age of two, she was taken. She has taken the knowledge and expertise she has applied on her daughter's behalf and benefit to focus her effort and energy on helping and supporting other families who are faced with similar struggles that are presented with caring for children with developmental disabilities. Kim provides a unique level of support to her client families being a mother of a child with special needs. She's sincere and passionate in helping children with developmental challenges secure crucial social, emotional, behavioral, and educational services for development and progress. She provides proven and effective support, guidance, and a map pathway for families looking to navigate the demanding and often confusing world of special needs. McLean Special Education Advocates helps families as they navigate IEP processes, secure assessments, write measurable and appropriate goals, learn behavior management strategies, appeal to denial, support mediation efforts, and a whole lot more. Um, so I'm really glad today to be joined by uh, a, a really well-respected uh, special education advocate who had, does amazing work all throughout Los Angeles, Kim McLean. Hey, Kim. Great hey, to have you Rob. Show. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. It's great to have you today. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to join you today. You know, one of the things I was really curious about is, you know, reading your bio and, and, and even knowing a little bit about you through, through some of our meetings and, and some of our mutual friends, you know, I was curious how you got into advocacy because it doesn't seem like that was where, what your path was or your professional path was prior to... Um, your daughter. Um, yes, actually, it's it's interesting, Rob. I was actually in marketing um, before wow. my <laughs> uh, for a auto manufacturer, um, no less. But um, I got into advocacy when my daughter was diagnosed um, with autism, as you said, um, before she was two years old, and um, I wasn't offered a lot of information. Um, actually, ultimately, I was pretty much told to give up on her and that I should probably have other children. Um, prognosis oh for her was not very bright. Um, but if you know anything about me, I'm not one really to take anyone's word for, you know, just a global, you know, information for, for yeah. whatever I'm being faced with. So I went out and I researched, I started researching what was being done um, with, with autism and um, special education law. I, I researched biomedical intervention, people were using vitamins, uh, just a whole host of things of what people were doing and over the years I just gathered information from my daughter and in that process helped other families and at some point you know I let the, um, the marketing go and just focus my efforts on advocacy for my daughter and other families and it's worked mm -hmm. out very well and um, we've, we, we've showed a lot of progress with, with the families that we've supported and my daughter's made amazing progress. Uh, you haven't met her yet, but um, like I said, when she was diagnosed, um, 
she was dismissed because she was significantly impacted, toe-walking, nonverbal, um, uh, and she she would be considered classic. Uh, Today, a person who's not trained to know what that looks, what autism looks like, wouldn't even think that she has a diagnosis, and that's how far she's coming. Um, You know, she... I was going to say that the, the prognosis, you're right. I mean, I haven't met her yet, but I was just talking to you on Friday and I'm like, isn't she going to be in a play? Isn't she like really getting <laughs> out there? I'm like, how is that her prognosis? Okay, I'm going to brag just, just for a second. <laughs> Please do. This is a place to brag. We, t- um, we love to brag. A, there's a show coming up um, that's going to be presented at Cal State Long Beach. It's a professional production of Sound of Music and my daughter has solos. She's acting and dancing in, in professional choreographed production. She speaks a little Spanish, a little French, a little Japanese. Um, you know, she, she tries to write plays. The child, she, she really is amazing. Um, and it's, it's just a testament, um, going back to even what you were talking about, your, your previous student, the 19-year-old you had on um, prior, um, the, the, the comparison from where she was to where she is today is night and day. And I attribute, attribute a lot of that to not putting a ceiling on our kids' abilities, not letting a diagnosis define who they are or what they're capable of, and just, you know, striving for more. And, and one of the things that I, I tell my families and one of the things I apply for, for my family is, you know, if you train for uh, a 10K mile race, you may not necessarily make it to 10K, but you're going to maybe get 5K or 6K or 3K, but it's going to be more than you would if you train for a one-mile one race. Do you know what I mean? You just strive, yeah. push. And our kids are capable. They're very capable. They learn differently, um, but they can learn. And the trick is finding out how and pursue mm-hmm. that. I, I, I got to feel like if I'm sitting meeting you, if I'm, I'm – I'm up against the wall, and I, I want to talk a lot about the ins and outs of, of advocacy and how you support families in, in a second. But I just got to know, feel like hearing what you just said to me, if I was a parent, that's got to give me hope. Like that's – you've been there. You've seen this. You've heard the things that are keeping me up at night. I got to imagine that's got to be a comfort for a lot of families out there to hear this from you. I, I think it is, and um... – that's one thing that um, I talk about, um, you know, in conferences or with families, and it's just that you have to believe and, and not just, you know, be limited by what maybe one professional or what society might perceive as the ability or the limitations of, of a child or a student. Um, again, um, I could talk about other clients, but because I don't have any releases to talk about any other clients. I can specifically talk about my daughter, <laughs> and, this, and she had that, those classic signs, you know, the stimminess, the aggression, um, wow. uh, the list of things that you can think of that would come to a diagnosis. A lot of those things are not even present anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, the struggle now that I have when I attend her IEPs is um, having those higher-level skills worked on because um, – you know, you, it's it's easier to secure services for a child who has obvious deficits. You know, yep. lack of language, a lack of social skills. When you when you get to those higher functioning um, children, it, it, mm-hmm. it's a whole different ball game. When how many people? I, I even go from from the service provider point of view. How many people really know how to work on some of those things? I mean, Nick Nick is talking about. I wish there was dating clinics. And I'm thinking to myself, how many dating clinics are there actually out there 
to give him what he wants. I think that in, um, in our field, um, it's lacking. I yeah. think that a lot of us focus on the base skills, um, you know, the basis of communication. Just uh, Speech and language is not just the ability to speak. Speech and language could be, yeah. um, you know, the ability to understand nonverbal cues, what someone's mm-hmm. body language is. And, and those are some higher functioning skills that are maybe not recognized in a lot of, say, IEPs or programs because, you know, so many children are just working on these base skills, and there's not a lot of focus on those higher functioning like social skills and how to build friendships, perspective taking. Um, but I'm, I'm looking to uh, incorporate that in a lot of the programs that I'm working with uh, with some of my families and, and also with my daughter. And mm-hmm. um, hopefully, you know, one day we can probably try to get some standardized core um, uh support in the educational system to work on these social skills, mm-hmm. no, just not just the academics and maybe behavior, uh, focusing on reducing maladaptive behavior, but working on social skills as well and yeah. how to build friendships. And some of that stuff could help t- typical children as well, you know? You, actually, I, you know, I, I didn't think we were going to go there on this show, but that's what I love about it. Sometimes <laughs> you just get talking and, and we go in these great areas. You, you just said it to me. It's, I feel like one of the things I hear all the time from the school's perspective is the that appropriate word from mm-hmm. FAPE, that what is appropriate, not what is best, what not, not what is excellent, what is appropriate, and how much, you know, I think back to, to school, and I think back to high school, and I think about um, my experience, my sister, my cousins, uh, being the oldest in, in the family you know, everyone's younger than me, so it gets more and more recent. And do some of these higher level skills get almost neglected for every kid in a school system? And does that then impact it and make it harder and harder to say that this is what's appropriate when you're sitting trying to advocate for your child or for another child? I, I think that that's a very important point. And what my position on that is I feel what's appropriate is to strive to get our kids um, to function not acad- not only academic academically but socially for mm-hmm. life skills. You know, mm-hmm. it's great that they can do certain things in school, and if they need support, so be it. But ultimately, we want to fade these supports to the maximum extent possible. Yep. And can they take all of this academic information we're, we're giving them? They can be brilliant. You know, even maybe a, you know not have any social skills, but be above the bar when it comes to mathematics or act, um, reading. But how are they going to apply that when they leave school? Are they going to mm-hmm. be able to go on interviews and secure jobs and maintain jobs? Because that's mm-hmm. that's ultimately why we're doing this—not just mm-hmm. for them to get through school, but to get through life. So I think when you look at it in that way, appropriate is for independent functioning, maximum extent possible for life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 to- I think that's a, such a good way of looking at it. And I, I think that, you know, I wonder sometimes how much I, I've spoken to people, you know, I, to touch on the job piece, you mm-hmm. know, helping looking at those life skills, looking at the big picture. You know, I, I've spoken to a bunch of people who have employed individuals on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And they say every single one of them says, I'm so glad I did that. They're not only are they, was it a great experience, but they are great employees. Mm-hmm. And they've said it's like 
and I think you hear it, and that's why I'm really glad to have a, uh, someone like Nick on the show. It's like, I know this guy. He having a job, he would take so much pride in that job, right. have a passion for that job, um, a, so, a sense of, I achieved this. You know, I, I'm, I'm sure your daughter must have this at moments. Uh, maybe she doesn't, just given everything. But like, I know you have it of, I was told this, and look how much I've achieved beyond that. Yeah, the, and the I, independence and the achievements, I believe, are natural reinforcers. Yeah. Um, yeah, just to be, the ability to be able to do these things on your own when you've been given so much support and aid by others and then just to be able to go out on your own and do it, I think it, it's reinforcing. You know, and, I, I, you know, some of our kids may not necessarily be able to verbalize that, um, and maybe they are, but... I think they strive for that, and I think that's what we should be helping them achieve is that level of independence. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think we've seen so many – time and time again, I feel like the moment it's been able to be communicated, um, individuals say, yeah, no, I don't want you following me around all the time. I want my independence. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's enough proof out there to know that I, I, I think all of our kids naturally want that. And, and part of that, part of – Figuring that out, in my opinion, is, you know, when, when we go um, into the schools or when we have assessments done by independent providers or what have you, evaluating our kids to see what they're capable of and what they're struggling mm-hmm. with and what their likes or dislikes are, that's the, the basis of where we need to start to figure out how to, to get them to that level of independence, you know, figure out where they are. Um, and figure out what's reinforcing for them. And, you know, maybe, maybe it's not independence. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's a, you know, yeah. I don't know. But, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I definitely didn't anticipate us to have this conversation. <laughs> but I, I'm actually, but you know what? I'm really glad we are because I feel like, you know, I want to talk a little bit about advocacy and, and what it is and, and the, some of the types of supports you can offer families because I, I, I'm, I've learned traveling the country that not every family is aware of what an advocate is and how they work and, and how they can be a resource. But it's almost like I feel like I'm listening to you and I feel like there's permission to ask your school. It's like I know what an advocate is. I know you know these the laws, the special ed requirements, mm-hmm. the different ins and outs. And I'm almost hearing someone who – who knows the rules, who knows the interpretation, who has lived through it in her own experiences, saying, parents, you are allowed to ask for this. Mm-hmm. This is okay to ask for this independence. It's okay to ask for these things. These things you have in your head that other people may say are, oh, we, we shouldn't have to fund that, or you're thinking too much. Like I, I almost, I, I have this like validation that I'm feeling of, that's okay. You should ask for this. This is with not just what you should get for your kid, but it's within your rights to ask for underneath this system. Um, a, a lot of people don't know um, what advocate, you know, what advocacy are that advocates exist, or or what we do specifically. Yeah. But, um, outside of a profession, you know, parents are advocates for their children when they're trying to secure services for for their kids. But that again, that's something that I communicate to the families that I support. Parents have so much power. They have mm. um, so much um, power in, in, in the process of securing programs for their kids, and it, and it is about asking questions, and it is about follow-up when, when, when you want to get something achieved and you're told no, um, to pursue that. Because 
you, you need to ask questions. And if, and if you don't, then you don't know what's available, what the resources are. I mean, it's something as simple as if a program is offered for a family that um, – uh, that they feel may not be sufficient or not comprehensive enough to support their child's needs. Parents don't know that if they can, you know, request additional services and that the district or schools are required to um, provide um, substantial reasons for why, why they're denied. You know, yeah. um, I don't usually advocate that families not sign IEPs. Um, I usually advocate that they sign consent in part for the things that they feel would be substantial and, and mm-hmm. maybe write letters for, th- for additional requests that they'd like to achieve. But the point is, they have to, parents have to ask, ask questions. Yeah. They have to um, research. They have to look into information, ask, talk to other parents, talk to other professionals, because there's a lot of resources and information out there that's not necessarily presented or made available, or maybe staff don't even, they don't even know about. So... Um, it could be a little bit uh, yeah. uh, involved process to do all this. So, you know, our, our children have exceptional needs, so what we have to do in return is exceptional, but there's a payoff. We yeah. just have to do a little bit more footwork, you know? Yeah. Well, let's um, – I want to pick up this conversation, but we got a commercial break to get to. So okay. let's take a quick commercial break, and then let's, let's get into some of the, the what is an advocate and, and provide some of that information to our listeners as well. So we'll sure. be right back after this. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Autism Spectrum Therapies is proud to present Autism Spectrum Radio. At AST, we see a world where people with autism dream and achieve their full potential. Our promise is to support families through our extensive resources, highly trained staff, and outstanding programs. Call us today and let us know how we can best support your family at 866-278-1520. To find out more about AST, visit our website at www.autismtherapies.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Autism Spectrum Therapies, supporting extraordinary individuals and their families. Visit autismtherapies.com or call 866-278-1520. The way we do banking today continues to evolve. No longer is it just brick-and-mortar locations or traditional bankers' hours. Today, banking is 24-7. It's in the home. It's on the go. It's digital. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how traditional banking as we know it has changed due to a loss of trust, changing economic conditions and consumer behavior, government involvement, and, of course, technology. What does it all mean? Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. There are many who have faced life-changing adversity and have demonstrated the resiliency of the human spirit in spite of that. You'll hear these moving stories and learn about the impact of life's challenges when you tune into Inspired Journeys, Overcoming Adversity and Thriving, with your host, Lisa Ferentz. 
you'll find meaning in some of the most difficult traumatic experiences. And by doing so, you can pay it forward and help others through their healing processes. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. This is Autism Spectrum Radio. If you have a question or comment for our host, Rob, or the guest, please send an email to moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. That's moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. Now, back to the program. Hey, welcome back to Autism Spectrum Radio. I'm your host, Rob Haupt, and I am joined today by a really inspirational advocate, both from her own experiences, but from how she's helping people in the community, uh, Kim McLean. Uh, you know, Kim, one of the things that I, I, I wanted to make sure I asked today, because I, uh, I remember being in Massachusetts, I was working at the New England Center, and I had this parent who was telling me that she decided that after working so hard for her child, um, who is now growing up, she wanted to become an advocate and give back and teach people what she had learned. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea what that was. I, I didn't know. I, I was so confused as to what do you mean by an advocate? That's a profession. And I think a lot of other people maybe um, aren't sure about that. Like what actually is a special education advocate and, and how is it different than an attorney? Um, well, from my perspective, an advocate is someone who speaks, writes, or supports um, on behalf of the family or the child with special needs. Um, what I find is, what I found for myself after my daughter was diagnosed and what I find for many, I would say, the larger percent of families that come to me in need of help is that um, we're just not, the rules are not explained to us, the resources are not explained to us, um, what's available and how to go about securing services and to, um, you know, engage in these processes are not explained to us. An advocate is someone who has familiarity with special education um, processing laws, IEPs, how to write specific measurable goals, Mm -hmm. obscure appropriate services, how to appeal um, or respond to denials of service, and pretty much educate the family on how to support their child. Ultimately, you know, I support families, but my ultimate goal is to not to have to have, not for them to have a, um, an advocate for the rest of their life for their children. What mm-hmm. I ultimately would like to do is teach them to do what I do, which mm. is you know, all of the things that I just explained to you. Yeah. Um, I think the difference between um, an advocate and attorney, one of the, the main differences is that an attorney would go into, um, I don't know, regional center proceeding or um, school district IEP proceeding and represent the family, whereas an advocate supports the family. This, mm-hmm. An advocate can make recommendations and explain to the family what the procedures are, you know, what what's likely to happen, you know, if you take a course of action, and the, the parents or the families can ultimately make their decisions on how they want to go one way or another. And an attorney can go in on the family's behalf mm-hmm. and just represent. And they'll, an attorney will also um, represent 
families in a due process proceeding, where most advocates will not do that because mm-hmm. it's a fine line between um, practicing law and supporting mm-hmm. the processes, mm-hmm. um, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. So it, it's, it's a support person. It's a person that's well-versed that goes in with you to support you and to you know, ask you what your needs and your wants are for, for your child mm-hmm. and just educate you on, on, on the system and, and what you can do and how to go about doing it effectively. Yeah. I, I think that's great. And I, I know that I feel like sometimes I've heard from families that they're, you know, they're not always sure that, you know, do I need to ask permission to bring my adv- uh, an advocate to a meeting? Um, and it's nice for them to know that, you know, this, they have the right to bring someone like this in and they can, uh, someone to help guide them as they get started through something. They have the right to bring family members. They have a right to bring an attorney if they need be. They have a right to bring an advocate if they need be. You know, just giving the district reasonable notice, you know, mm-hmm. and being considerate, letting them know, you know, that they need another chair there um, yeah. is really all that's necessary. Um, and all, another thing um, that I recommend to families, like outside of if they're not ready or think that they, uh, an advocate or an attorney is necessary, I also tell families, like, you know, tell the district you'd like to um, record your meetings. Not, not, mm. to be, not in an adversarial way, but it's a very overwhelming process to go into this meeting and not really know a lot of the terminology or what's being said and um, all these different people might be talking at the same time, and recording one gives you an opportunity to go back and review material that was presented and gives you um, an opportunity to, to, to respond with a clear mm-hmm. head maybe after the meeting. Mm-hmm. And if, there's, if, there isn't any dis- if there is any disagreement, you know, it would also serve as um, supportive evidence for anything that transpired. Sure, um, sure. But that's a regular practice of mine and one that I, I, I recommend to, to my families as well. And I'm sure it's got to help when there's a spouse who's working and can't attend the meeting to be able Absolutely. to or, or go back. Or parent family homes. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. I find that because I, I am also a single parent of a child with special needs, and I find because I don't have that counterpart that can sometimes be there, you know, even as an advocate when it's my own child, there's a lot going on in those meetings. There's a lot of different reports that are being presented, a lot of different perspectives and disciplines, and it helps mm-hmm. me to go back and say, okay, what happened? What was said? What was recommended? What did mm-hmm. I forget to say? Mm-hmm. And so that, that's helpful. Do you find, I guess, is there a specific point, you know, I, I, I know there's so many ins and outs and there's so much gray in our system but is, is there a specific point or are there specific telltale signs where you say to where a family would really want to consider going um, and consulting or, or working with an advocate? I, I strongly feel that um, if a family feels that they are not being heard, if mm-hmm. they feel like their concerns are being neglected, if they feel like um, that some things need to be done and it's not being done or, or their voice is not um, being heard in, in the meeting or, or, or with respect to what, what their child needs, I would strongly recommend that, you know, it might not be an attorney, it might not be an advocate, but to, even other parents, you know, vet parents who've, who've been through the process, they really need to bring someone in to, to inquire on what they can do. Um, advocates serve as good resources to figure out how to get the communication going, how to build relationships, mm-hmm. which is also an important part of, of the advocacy process. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, it, 
it's just that one thing. I think if 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 the family feels like um, there's little progress in a program, um, mm-hmm. their child is not making, you know, meeting their goals, mm-hmm. and or if their voice is not being heard with respect to the, their concerns or their needs of their child. Mm-hmm. Got it. I, I got to figure you see, you work with different parents at different stages, uh, whether it be ages, whether it be developmental stages, whether it be parts, you know, stages of the process, stages of an IEP. Are there, are there specific things that, from your experiences, that you feel like are just every parent should know this or do this or prep for something as they walk into an IEP? Um, yeah, well, to, to address the first thing you said about different okay. stages, um, I want to reiterate something that everybody hears all the time is that early intervention is key. And the earlier, you know, you, you start the process of getting appropriate support for your, your child, is the better. Um, but I do often see by the time families come to me that there's some um, regular challenges or issues that, that seem to be um, uh, just a regular occurrence of, of things that have been, like, misstepped. Mm-hmm. Um, I find sometimes that families don't check enough resources. They'll take uh, maybe one professional or one staff person's perspective and just kind of go with that. I, I highly recommend families check different perspectives and talk to different parents and, you know, even if they have an advocate, not necessarily take, you know, an advocate or what the attorney may recommend as law and this is what I should do, but maybe ask around and then make their own determination of what they feel is right for their, for their child because each child is unique. Um, I feel that most families, they don't ask enough questions. Um, or educate themselves in 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 the the realm of what their rights are. I feel that um, families should know that assessments are also crucial. Um, all too often, I, I go in and I see IEPs where maybe assessments haven't been done in a year or, or two. Well, maybe a, not a year, but two or three years. And if you don't have a recent assessment, you can't figure out what the um, present levels of performance are, where the child is functioning at that point. So it's kind of hard to write appropriate goals when you don't know what the baseline information or what the child is doing at that specific time. An assessment should be done in all areas of suspected disability. Um, I find that districts often do multimodal um, types of evaluations where it kind of encompasses a lot of different disciplines, but not specifically... um, comprehensive to one area. So, for example, instead of doing a multimodal assessment, if a child has significant behavior problems, they should probably have a a functional behavioral assessment to evaluate any maladaptive behaviors. They should probably have a specific speech and language assessment to evaluate their ability to speak and how they use language. Um, There's different types of assessments that are not even brought up sometimes in IEP meetings like visual processing, auditory processing, um, sensory processing. And again, sometimes these things are glazed over in um, a multimodal assessment, but 
sometimes if they're affecting a child's functioning, whether it be behavioral, academic, or social, a more in-depth look needs to happen, which would require a specific assessment. Got it. Well, we've got another commercial break that, uh, that we need to take. So let's take this final break, and we'll come back and talk a little bit more with Kim McLean. We'll be right back, everybody. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Autism Spectrum Therapies is proud to present Autism Spectrum Radio. At AST, we see a world where people with autism dream and achieve their full potential. Our promise is to support families through our extensive resources, highly trained staff, and outstanding programs. Call us today and let us know how we can best support your family at 866-278-1520. To find out more about AST, visit our website at www.autismtherapies.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Autism Spectrum Therapies, supporting extraordinary individuals and their families. Visit autismtherapies.com or call 866-278-1520. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling. Whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. This is Autism Spectrum Radio. If you have a question or comment for our host, Rob, or the guest, please send an email to moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. That's moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. Now, back to the program. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Autism Spectrum Radio. We are in our final segment here with Kim McLean. Um, we've got a few minutes left, and, uh, you know, I, I was just thinking of our listeners out there, we've got people listening from all over the country, um, different areas, big towns, small towns. And, and I got to think some of them are thinking to themselves, what if there's an ad, not uh, advocate near, near me? What if you know, the, ad, the amount of support I need is something that maybe I can't afford, um, whether it be from an advocate or an attorney? Are there, are there things parents can do in those situations that they can do to educate themselves, to help prepare themselves more um, when those resources are just not available to them? Yes, there is a great deal that um, families can do. Um, There are many support groups um, that families can connect with. One specifically that I like is TACA, Talk About Curing Autism. They have a a huge effort supporting families, newly diagnosed families and, and others you know, families that have been um, 
fighting about battle for a while, and mm-hmm. they actually have um, parent mentors that they'll pair families up with to support, um, you know, their needs. Um, I recommend social media. Facebook has a lot of pages that parents or groups have generated just for the purpose of supporting each other and, and building a community where families can ask questions and connect with each other. Um, California Department of Education is, you know, the state department educational uh, website where families can go and educate themselves on laws and what their rights are. Um, rights Law is... Um, a website where families can go and actually purchase advocacy training materials and teach themselves. Wow. And, um, you know, to, if they want to even go into trying to become an advocate and advocate for their child and help other families. Um, Special Needs Network, they have a quarterly course, uh, eight, nine-week course that's free to families that they can go and learn about special education support for their families and for others. I, there's a whole slew. Um and if families wanted to find other resources, you know, they could also contact me directly because I have a list that we don't have enough time to go through the entire list. But there's <laughs> a lot that families can do. I mean, basically, that's what I did. I educated myself, you know, and I went out and I found as many resources, many professionals as I could, and I became an expert in my own life on this subject because, and there's always more to learn every single year. Yeah. So um, there's that, and there's families wanted to contact me directly, I could give them additional information as well. Oh, and I also teach um, advocacy courses through Long Beach Parks and Recreation That's um, at a minimal fee that families can sign up for. Amazing. And, and you mentioned if, if people have more questions for you or want more information from you, um, what's, what's the best way to, to get in touch with you or find out more about what you're up to? Um, absolutely. Um, my um, email address is McLean Autism Advocate, singular, McLean Autism Advocate at yahoo.com. Um, okay. I also have a website, it's special needs, ad, special need advocates, plural, um, dot com. And, uh, or they can reach me at uh, 310-766-5003, and I'd be more than happy to um, speak with them. And I, I typically will listen to families and find out what their struggles are and, and do a brief consult for them at, at no charge. That's amazing. And I know, you know, just to, to make sure our listeners are all aware, I know you have a lot of resources here in Southern California, but I really appreciate, and I know they do too, that uh, so many of the resources you listed um, just a few minutes ago are, are national resources. They're not just California things. You know, TACA is a group that's, that's really got a presence in so many different communities across the country, um, and a lot of those other resources are available to anyone in the country as well. So I know everyone appreciates the, uh, the national as well as the California perspective. So, absolutely. That's absolutely correct. Thank you. Um, I just want to thank you. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time to be on the show today. I also want to give you a, a, a brief congratulations. Donna filled me in that you were able to uh, do a lot of uh, calls and make a lot of good headway for um, that parent that we met not too long ago. So uh, I want to thank you for that as well, for uh, – for your efforts for her and, and uh, um, all the different people you work with. So. Thank you so much. It's, it's my passion. It, 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 I was brought to it, and it, I sincerely want to help. It's, it, and that's why you know, it's become my focus, because I see yeah. parents in need. I was that parent in need. And I have, so I have a special connection and uh, investment in, in trying to get the kids what, what they need you know, socially, academically, 
Yeah. No, I hear it in your voice. I, 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 the moment you start talking, I hear it. So I, 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 I just know you have that passion. It's, it's, it's amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, we've got three minutes left. And so with my final three minutes on the air today, um, I just want to, to thank you guys uh, for, uh, for hearing Nick's story, for hearing Kim's story. I, 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 I can't help but uh, reflect back on one of the first things she said of asking for this moment to brag. And I just feel like this last month and a half has been a lot of bragging, and, and I love it. I'm just, I'm just so excited that um, today and these last few weeks have been serious conversations on serious topics we don't talk about every day, but we've also been able to brag. And so um, if you ever feel that need, if you ever want the opportunity, please feel free to brag. Uh, the, the ASD Facebook page is a great place to brag. I, I enjoy it, and, and I, I like reading it when I go on to, uh, to check in. Um, next week we're going to have a, a really cool guest. I'm really excited. We've been, we've been talking about um, having her on the air for a little while now. Um, next week I'm actually going to be joined by Dr. BJ Freeman um, talking about early intervention and the importance of diagnosis, specifically early diagnosis. Um, for those in Southern California, I don't think BJ needs much of an introduction. Um, she has been doing tremendous work for a really long time here um, and was one of the people who really educated uh, a great part of the Los Angeles community on the importance of early diagnosis and detection. Um, so I'm really excited to have her on. I think we're going to have a, a great show. Um, and, and again, being able to talk about um, some different perspectives, because I know BJ always has really great and fresh perspectives as she gets to meet so many different people throughout the community um, every day. I know I already talked about Facebook, but please, if you have questions too, send them along. Um, I know we haven't done that mailbag show in a little while, and we're going to probably get into that one in the coming weeks. Uh, I've got a, a couple of great guests even after BJ that I just want to get to right away, but I think we're going to have a really great summer mailbag. Again, probably do a, a quarterly one um, and maybe even uh, have another couple of uh, quarterly things we do on a, on a more frequent basis. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. So I'd love to hear your questions. Um, you can also email me at moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. And I hope all of you have a fantastic week. You guys have a fantastic weekend and, uh, and really just get to enjoy yourselves. All right. Take care, everyone. We hope you've had some questions about autism answered this week. Autism Spectrum Radio can be heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Please join us for another edition next week. 